got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nookie spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my new friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Thursday. It is game day. First round of the Southern Conference Tournament. 115 today is when ETSU Women's Basketball tips it up against the Wofford Terriers in the 4-5 matchup. 12:45 pregame show. Mike Gallagher getting ready to hit the road on his way up to Asheville. And we'll break down today's game. Also have a chat with James Harrison. Crazy coach, four quarters. Busy Thursday as we tape early in the morning to get this out for you as we prepare for quarterfinal action Mike you got to be popped yeah pretty excited about it ETSU coming off three straight wins six of the last nine very well could be nine of the last nine as we know a couple of overtime losses to Furman and Mercer in there and one other loss in that span as well that was tight so 11 points combined combined they lost those three games by but you sandwich those three losses with three wins on either side of them and certainly shed some of the demons on the road by beating UNCG in Western Carolina. I, I'm wondering how much of that is the fact that it was UNCG in Western Carolina, obviously, but I also love the fact that there's no more goose egg in that column. I'm not going to overthink it too much and let that ruin the positivity that ETSU has built over these last nine games and certainly the last two in winning away from Brooks Gym for the first times all year. UNCG is no slouch at home. They don't have a ton of quality wins this year, and obviously Western Carolina struggles in the league, but ETSU still needed to put all the external forces outside their mind, everything that was across from them, whether it be Western UNCG, whether it be opposing fans, whether it be the outside noise of, oh, are they going to win a game during the regular season away from Brooks Gym? They seem to be two different teams. Forget all that. They went out and they did it. So at least we know, Jay, that going into Asheville that the Bucks have already done what they set out to do in those two games, and now they can forget about any mental block they have about winning on the road. Yeah, and the truth is there's a – a lot of players, uh, new faces, but there's some players that were on last year's team that remember Asheville. Certainly know ETSU will have a little bit of a home court advantage. The only women's team that kind of travels pretty good is Mercer. Mm. Uh, and so that would be obviously your potential second-round matchup. But ETSU will have a decisive advantage in fans in the crowd. It'll feel more like a home game. I'm hoping that has always helped uh, men and women's teams. And I'm hoping it helps again uh, earlier uh, or later today, I should say. I hope that's how it's going to be. Uh, but I really think that, you know, it, everybody's on neutral side. It's a little different. I'm hoping they've won on the road. But I, I just – I'm hoping they get in uh, the U.S. Cellular uh, Center and just it, – it feels like home, right? It doesn't have to be home. It just has to feel like home. And 
certainly I think uh, they have to be playing with confidence, not just the last three games and the last two on the road, but six of their last nine. I think the back half of this, this season, they've really started to shore up some, some things and had some players step up. I'll give you a few things that I think have contributed to that. The last 106 three-pointers that opponents have taken, I think it's over like the last six or seven games, only 22 have been made. So that's 20% that ETSU is holding opponents to outside the arc. Eight straight games until the UNCG game, and UNCG is the best rebounding team in the league. They were minus seven that day, but eight straight games for the Bucks going into that Saturday where they had 40 rebounds or more. So they're crashing the glass, and it's Brittany Snowden, it's Lexus Spears, it's Erica Haynes-Overton. We know she's a very good rebounding guard, one of the best in the conference. And then turnovers. The Bucks turned the ball over 20 or more times, 10 different games in non-conference play. Did that only once in league play. They're averaging only 15 turnovers per game. So you combo all those things. Crashing the glass, getting some offensive rebounds and second chance opportunities, defending the perimeter and teams like Sanford and Wofford, for that matter, not getting hot against them and really pouring in threes and also taking care of the ball. That's a pretty good combination for success. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the rebound in itself is one, but uh, turnover, not turning the ball over, plus ETSU still really good at turning teams over. Right. Uh, and then defending the arc, the college game the way it is now, whether you're looking at the men's or the women, the three-point shot you know, is such a deadly weapon. And so if you can hold teams, and really the key is you don't necessarily have to hold them to like record low shooting percentages. You just have to hold them below what they normally shoot. And I think that changes how teams play, how they go. And then the rebounding, I think, is the biggest one. I, I, I really uh, have enjoyed watching it be more of a gang mentality to go rebound, uh, you know, as opposed to maybe just relying on some post players. The guards are crashing out. I think Micah Sheets had five or six boards last time out. So starting to see some guards help out with that as well. And, again, if there's missed shots from the outside, you have to have guards trying to help the post. It's very easy to look at rebound and go, well, the post player didn't do a lot. Well, it's not always their fault or their responsibility. So I like how they've been able to do that. Looking at this Wofford uh, game specifically, I think the, obviously the biggest issue has been the first half. ETSU in both first half, only 58 points in the second half. 108 points in the second half. They went for 61. Of course, they had the 39-point right. quarter, which helps. They went for 61 in the first uh, meeting at, uh, in Brooks Gym. Then on the road, they had a 47-point second half. So for whatever reason, in the second half, they've really been able to figure some things out. I think it will be a little tougher in a tournament situation to do that. I think it might be important for ETS to get off to a, a better start than they have against Wofford. If they do... I don't want to guarantee a victory, but if you can even be within five or six points at the half, I really like ETSU's chances because Wofford, and we've chronicled it many times during the game broadcast themselves, but also here in Santos and the sidekick, they are depleted. They don't have Jackie Carmen, who very well, if she was healthy, would have been, I, I don't think it's even a could have, but would have been the Southern Conference Freshman of the Year. She's out along with three others. Sorry, make it four others. They had 14 healthy coming into the year, lost four, and then Carmen. They have nine players, but those nine, and specifically the starting five, are very, very good. But because they only have nine and because, because they play those starting five as much as they do, they wear down late. That's yeah, why you depth, saw right? yeah the 39-point quarter. That-, that's why you saw ETSU outscore Wofford in that second game, 29-18, to 18, down in Spartanburg. Also, and I don't know how much this will play into it. It may not be at all, but I think it's interesting that they already have had one day game against Wofford this year. It was the Education Day on Valentine's Day on the 14th of February down in Spartanburg. So they're not only used to playing the team, they're also used to playing them at the time they will. So I think that that element kind of can be taken out of it in terms of time of day uh, but I think this is going to be a heck of a ball game quite honestly Chloe Wanick is the person I voted for for Southern Conference Player of the Year 
the media ended up giving it to Kiki Calloway, certainly very deserving. Amanda Thompson for Mercer, I think even more deserving. Uh, and Mercer went undefeated in league play, so you can see why those two did get the players of the year. I think the Calloway element maybe came more from the fact that she's a more known name than Thompson, who came on this year. But I had Thompson second, Calloway third, Erica Haynes Overton fourth. So you're talking about, for me, two of the top three, and even you could have put Erica Haynes Overton over Kiki Calloway. This, these could be the top two guards in the league facing off. Then you've got Deja Green and Cairo Booker, who are real facilitators. Uh, they were the top two in assists on the same team, the top two in assists, Booker and Deja Green in the Southern Conference. And then you've got Jamari McDavid, who's an athletic post. ETSU is going to need similar production to what they've gotten from Brittany Snowden lately, three double-doubles in her last five. They're going to need a game from Lexus Spears like she had the second time against Wofford. She was absolutely dominant. I think that was the game she played six minutes and had 17 points with seven of seven from the field, if memory serves. Uh, I'm looking over your screen. That is right. So you don't necessarily need that otherworldly stat line, but you have to have her stay on the floor, play at least 10 or 15 minutes, give you some good time down low because she has shown that she can be a force that is unstoppable specifically against the Terriers down low. <laughs> that that's still the and we've joked about, but that really is the most impressive the craziest stat, stat line. line I've seen in my life. Yeah, uh, I, certainly this year. You, but you I, have more field goals. First of all, you're a perfect seven for seven, which yeah. is impressive to start with. Right. Then you have more field goals taken and made than minutes played. Like I just I don't know. You know, unless it's a high volume shooter, I don't know that I've seen that. Right. And I certainly don't know I've ever seen 17 points in six minutes. Oh, and if I have, it was somebody who played 30 minutes that just got right, hot for right. a six-minute yes, stretch, right? right? So I want to I clarify that. Just only playing six minutes. So you're coming cold off the bench sporadically and just money in the bank, right? I mean, just absolutely, it's as good as gold. So I, I think that was – it's still my favorite stat line. I think, uh, you know, ETSU's done a good job, especially against Wofford this season, of, of holding them – at bay, as you've already said, from the three-point line. They were 2-9 and nine yep. at home mm-hmm. and 6-14, of 14, which is a little better. It's a little 43%. Better, right? It's a little yeah. better. But also, uh, Green caught fire, if you remember. Right. Right. Uh, she was 5-8, of eight, and I think she'd hit three in a row. I have to go back and look, but I'm almost positive in that uh, second or third quarter she hit three in a row. So you take that out of play. I know you can't, but if you take that out of play, it's a little more respectable. So she, but I think ETSU, if they can guard the arc there, and it was turnovers in the second game. First game I had to listen into, so I, I, I didn't. I was watching uh, the Education Day game, working here with the monitor on. So uh, I, re- I remember seeing the turnovers led to a lot of easy buckets for Wofford there for a stretch. ETSU didn't really take care of the basketball for a short period of time. So I remember that first one. You may have to fill me in if yeah. that was an issue on the first game. Well, well, here's where I think that the games turned. So in that first matchup, ETSU was 46 to nine in bench points, 18 to eight in fast break points, 50 to 29 in paint points. 24 to 14 in points off turnovers. They also had their second best performance of the year at the line, 21 of 27, and put up 92 points, which was their second most points scored this year, aside from the Appalachian State game. Things kind of flipped in that second game because they only hit 15 of 25 free throws. That rebounding margin went from plus 10 to plus 2, and of course they didn't have as massive of a fourth quarter. You cannot rely on 39 points in the fourth quarter. 29 still pretty impressive. The fact that they did that against Wofford and certainly right for the taking are those points in that last quarter. But rebounding, they're, if you judge by these two games, they're going to have to be plus 8, plus 10, plus 12, and they are certainly capable of that against a team like Wofford. They need to hit their free throws, having gone from 21 to 27 to 15 of 25. And 
they do need to start stronger, but they also are going to have to continue to show that Wofford can be exposed late. Yeah, and I I don't know how you – and I think it probably – and you've hit it. I think the depth is really the issue. So I think even though I, I would like to see TSU get off to a better start instead of trailing uh, in two games, really combined 20 to trail by seven in the first, 13 in the second, instead of being down, I'd like to see even or better – because I feel like at that point in time in the second half, it would be ETSU's game because of the issues you've already brought up, the, the minutes just catching up with Wofford. ETSU has always rotated people in. They always have that depth. They've got uh, a good mix, at least against Wofford, of, of some outside and inside. They haven't really been lacking in one of the, the categories. Plus one game was uh, the 39-point fourth quarter. They were like 21-27 from the free throw line. So they were able to knock down a lot of free throws. They did miss um, some key free throws in that second matchup. I think they were 15-25. to 25 yep. I had it up just a second ago. 15-25, so, yep. So certainly there was some, left some points up on the board there. But I feel like if halftime, if ETSU is tied or winning, I mean, I hate to give a guarantee of anything, but I really feel well, like – I just said uh, if they were down it. by six, they'd be in good shape going into the second half. So I, I, I think you're already tied or leading. I mean, I will, I will give you – if you're down by six, I will give you like an 85% chance yes. to still win. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then if you're, you're tied or better, then I'm going to give you the uh, – uh, I, I would be shocked. They would have to be a Herculean effort uh, by Wanick or somebody from, from Wofford that, that – would just have to put them on their back and carry the rest of the way. A couple other things. In program history, ETSU has won 24 of the 28 matchups, so that win by Wofford in Spartanburg was just the fourth they've ever had in the 23-year history of them being Division One. In that game in Spartanburg, they tied their second-most wins in Division One program history. They can tie their most wins back in 2001-02 at 16 in their 23-year history. They're 15-14 and 14 right now, 7-7 seven and seven in the SoCon. This was just the second year that they got to 500 in the league, and they're 0-6 in their last six postseason games. So ETSU historically and in recent history, this game's theirs. But they have to go out and do it, and they have to go out and prove that this postseason team that Wofford has is similar to those of years past. Yeah, and, and, you know, what is it going to be? Is it going to be the history uh, kind of repeating itself with Wofford just, just not ready to take that next step in a tournament play? Or is there motivation to say, look, we can do something and win a game and maybe even shock? There's tons of motivation, right? right? So I you mean, can go that way. The one thing we do know is that ETSU – traditionally has done very well in tournaments. You can even go back to the Karen Kemp days where twice she was an eight seed and upset the top seed in wow. a tournament. So they, ETSU has had a knack for that. They've had a knack for getting to title games. History-wise, I mean, it, you just shape. look at it. And, and being in Asheville, man, there's something about it. Right. ETSU seems to figure out a way to get to championship games. They haven't always won them all, men's and women's side, but they certainly know how to get there. And so I think that plays into it. There's a lot of reasons why I think ETSU is uh, – going to be victorious uh, in the contest coming up today. Again, 12.45, and we got to hurry and wrap up here, so get through our few segments here. James Harrison's waiting on, but we got to – I got to hop on the road. we got to get him up to Asheville so we can do the broadcast. 12.45 airtime, one fifteen tip. ETSU, Wofford, Women's Basketball, Southern Conference Action. We're back after this. James Harrison on the other side. I'm Sanderson Sidekick on the Bucket Air Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning and you're a half hour late to work. Uh, come on. But good things come from multiplying too. Like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
wow, am I happy about my new wow rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about wow rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Santos and the sidekick here on this Thursday. It's a man we wanted to get on earlier in the week. He was very busy, did a lot of media over the weekend, gave him a few days to rest and recoup, and now he's getting ready for the Southern Conference Tournament. It is ETSU forward James Harrison, the lone senior on the 2018-19 Buccaneer basketball team. And James, firstly, thanks for taking the time. Really wanted to talk to you just to recap a bunch of stuff, but I know you're a little under the weather earlier in the week. Glad you're feeling better. Man, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. James Harrison uh, joining us here on Sandos and the Sidekick. We have Crazy Coach today as well, uh, and also a bit later you heard yesterday from Austin Herring. Uh, tomorrow we're hoping to have Patrick Good. So keep your ears open as the Bucks approach the SoCon uh, men's basketball tournament starting Saturday for them in the quarterfinals. What was senior day like? Man, it was an overwhelming experience. I was, uh, man, I was overwhelmed by the foul, the love that they showed, the teammates, the support, getting a start. That was, that was an overwhelming experience for me. I really enjoyed it. I got a couple of uh, sound bites that I'm going to play for you, and I'd like to get your, uh, your thoughts on them because we heard from you postgame and also from Steve Forbes. Here's the first. I was a little bit nervous, you know, from John, but uh, once I got out there, man, you know, it just felt good. The environment, the crowd, I was into it, and uh, 
it was just a good experience. They was trying to get me the ball. I knew they were trying to get me the ball, so I was just, I just knew I was gonna have to score. Little bit nervous. Yeah. I, Talk yeah. to me about that, man. I was nervous from start. Then you know, he's, when he called my name, when he called my name, you know, in pregame shoot around, he was like, "James, you're gonna be starting today." I was like, "Oh man!" Butterflies got the flu, and then I was like, "Oh man!" Once I got out there, it was cool. My teammates, you know, they they welcomed me with open arms, and they was telling me like, "Hey man, we're gonna try to get you the ball," you know. So try to score that thing, you know. The first two times I I touched it, it was going up. I was shooting. It. Yeah. <laughs> there was no way that you were shooting. I love that. Uh, you had senior day yourself. I think that's such a unique experience. A lot of times you'll have three, four, five. I mean, last year, heck, uh, how many seniors were there? It, w- it was a massive amount. Steve Forbes joked he had to use the wide-view lens on the camera because he couldn't fit everybody in the picture. But right. for you to have it all to yourself, to me that's something that's really special and it'll stick with you. Yeah, it was something uh, something special. It was, but uh, my family, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it. Sure. So, you know, I just decided to bring my team out. My team, that's my family here. Yeah. So although, you know, it was a day for me, I, I wanted to celebrate it with my teammates. You know, for this been the last go, go around for me, I thought that was very important for them too to get to walk out there with me. Oh, absolutely! It was a very unique thing. Here's a, here's another soundbite. This is Steve Forbes, and towards the end is the comment I want to get to. James is one of the nicest young men, 30 years of coaching that I've ever coached. Uh, just a tremendous person. If you know, he's always got a smile on his face, great attitude, and he kind of keeps me in check sometimes, and I appreciate that. You keep you keep coaching check. Well, tell me tell me how you're keeping coaching check. Man, I just. Uh, I just stay humble. Yeah. I just try to, you know, man, just stay a course. I guess he feeds off of that, you mm-hmm. know. I try not to give him too much problems, man. Just he's a he's a great guy. Yeah. So I try not to give him too much problems, man. And, you know, keep the guys in line even though, you know, things aren't going, you know, as I planned. You know, you can just always keep a positive attitude. It's always something to look forward to. Yeah, he he clearly has great admiration for you and loves you and your guys' relationship seems really positive i want to talk about where you get the kind of easygoing demeanor you know the staying humble i think for a lot of people that especially in division one athletics maybe have the experience that you have had of you're clearly a very talented basketball player but just things haven't gone your way in terms of playing time here but that hasn't seemed to bother you at all it hasn't seemed to affect you how have you made sure to stay with your head in the right space and continue to be positive well, my parents bestowed that, that attitude upon me when I was younger, you know. They always taught me to be humble, you know. My time is coming. I feel like my time is still coming, you know. So I try not to, you know, let this get me too high or too low. You know, I just try to stay humble through through most of it. Just stay focused. It, it's really not that hard. It's really not that hard when you want to win. So I, I trust and I believe in these coaches. They know how to win. So, you know. I just go with the flow. I uh, I played baseball in college uh, at a very low level, Division Three up in Minneapolis, and so uh, not only was I a Division Three baseball player, I was a Division Three bench player. Like I was not I was not out there a lot at all, and so I'm not going to compare myself directly to the experience you've had because you are a much better athlete than I ever was at any point in my life. But for me. I kind of let go of the expectations around playing time and around putting up big stats because you know how it is. You come out of high school or, for, in your case, even more recently, community college, and you go into your Division One university, in your case, for me, I was just happy to be playing anywhere in college, and it's like, okay, I'm going to rip it up. You know, I'm about to tear it up. I'm going to put up huge numbers, and when that doesn't happen, you know, maybe the first year or two, for me it was the first year or two because I was at a four-year the whole time, 
that junior and senior year, I was like, you know what? I'm just you're you're bitter at first a little bit. I, it's natural. It's human, right? right? I, I mean, we even talked to Austin Herrick about this yesterday and throughout the route tree quarterback for ETSU football, and he talked about being benched, you know, to us early on, and he was just like he had the same attitude as you, you know, very humble guy, very positive for the team. Keep your head up. You never know when the opportunity's coming. For me, I knew the opportunity wasn't coming. Like I was seventh, eighth outfielder, it wasn't coming around. So for me, I realized that I just wasn't that good of a player, but tried to make the most of my time uh, and I don't and I just want to volunteer that information just to kind of tell you how I went about it right. I think there's probably elements there that you probably hear from your point of view as well and maybe some that are different but certainly I think when you have the type of experience that you have had I have had and even to a point you know the man we talked about Austin Herrick has had you have to deal with it in some I think creative individual ways right that's true that is true. You know, I, I try to stay, you know, as in like as in good a shape as I can yeah. as possible. And I try to, you know, work hard every day, you know, because the opportunity may present itself. So you never know. So it's always, like I said, it's always something to look forward to, to keep pushing forward. It's always, you know, what's your why? You just got to find your why. Like, why are you doing this? Right. I'm doing this because I, I want to graduate. I want to graduate. I want to have my degree. And I want to be able to better my family one day. And this right here is just a learning experience, you know. It's, uh, it's actually teaching me to become a better young man and how to, you know, time management, work ethic. It's, it's teaching me a lot of different things, you know. It's like it's a lot of things to look forward to outside of just basketball. Right. I, I always felt like when you're not playing, you're grinding for more than the glory, right? You're, right. you're grinding because you – know that there's something one day you may have to grind for like this. And right. so this is like preparing you for an experience that may be coming up. Right. I feel that same way as well. Uh, what's your basketball experience been like overall? I'm talking not here at ETSU, just your entire lifetime in basketball, high school, community college up to now. Reflect on your basketball career for me. Uh, man, well, in high school, I was like our second option, right? Uh-huh. So it was a pretty good experience. We had C.J. Massenberg on the team, which, who was at Buffalo now. Sure. He's their leading scorer. Yeah. And um, junior college, I was the man. You know, I was the go-to guy. So overall, I think my basketball experience has been it's been great, been wonderful. I love the game of basketball. I, I think it's kept me out of a lot of trouble. It, it's kept my head on straight, you know, kept, kept me on course. Overall, it's been a great, it's been a fantastic experience, you know, and I you know, I hope to play, you know, after, even after this. Yeah. I would like to. You got to tell me about community college ball versus Division One ball because <laughs> you got a big <laughs> smile on your face right now. I see all these stories, and there's Twitter accounts dedicated to it and all this stuff about the stuff you have to do and the weird circumstances that come up in community college ball. Not only in basketball. For me, I always pay attention to the baseball, of course, because I grew up playing baseball. But what was community college ball like compared to here? <sighs> community college ball was a lot different. It was a lot. Okay, so Community college ball, it's like a lot. You got to get it on your own, you know. It's, 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 a di- it's a different atmosphere. It's like you're there and you're playing for yourself, basically. Not all, not really the team, you know. So a lot of guys get selfish on you, you know. So right. it's kind of like it's either be, it's either be eating. It's, just, it's, it's a doggy dog world out there. It's a grind, really, but it's not as hard as it is here because you don't have mandatory weights and you don't have people checking on you if you're in class, doing this, doing that. It's just like. You have to be very self-disciplined to get through junior college ball. To me, it seems like the wild, wild west of collegiate athletics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Do the coaches stand any chance? Because like you said, I mean, a lot of guys go the community college route because they're like, I'm getting that D1 scholarship, right? They either didn't have the grades or they weren't recruited heavy enough, and they feel like that there's more out there for them, so they go that route. 
Yeah, that is what a lot of dudes do, but they don't know that the junior college world is a different world. Yeah. And those, all those dudes out there trying to grind, everybody's trying to eat, make it to the next level. So, you know, you got dudes out there playing their heart out, but they're playing for themselves. Right. You know? It's not really, you know, a team collective ball. Almost the wins and the losses at the end of the day don't really matter, right? Don't really matter. They're either taking individual L's or getting the individual W's. Right. They're playing for their stats. <laughs> Stats. That had to be hard, though, right? Because you you talk about it all the time when we hear from you. You want to win, you right. know. You want to get the wins, and so for you that had to be difficult. You said you're the man, so you getting yours was also helping the team, obviously right. get the W's. But that had to be hard looking around and being like, "Is anybody in this with me?" Right? Is anybody in here trying to win? <laughs> what? what the guys just going through the motion? I'm huh? just trying to get recruited. Yeah, it, it was a difficult time for me, but. I also enjoyed it and made a lot of bonds and friendships. And uh, I had some gro- great coaches, you know, in uh, junior college. It was a great experience for me. You made it, man. I mean, yeah. you made it. You, you got that D1 scholarship, and you got here, and you're a very light character, not only around the basketball program, but around Johnson City. I'm sure you heard that after that first basket. Yeah, I did. The crowd, man. Uh, I, love, I, love, I love the fans here at ETSU. They show so, so much love. It's, uh, I'm so glad that I came here. It's, it's been a wonderful experience. I got uh, two more for you. Let me hit you with a hard one here because I, I want to hear about, about your life philosophy. Like, because cause you're a guy that we sit down with a lot of athletes, and a lot of times it stops at the surface, right? Where it's like, okay, they're they're out here playing ball, you know, that, that's how it is. But you're a guy that has a bigger perspective, a, a better high level view of things. It seems like to me, anyway, when I talk to you, somebody that really gets that sports aren't just sports and that there is life after this and that you're trying to succeed in so many other ways aside from on the basketball court. How do you do that? How do you approach what's after this and the life that you're going to live? Well, that, I just, it just comes with uh, preparation, really, just preparation and, and just hard work. This, this, this is what this has taught me. You know, it's just you have to, you have to be willing to work hard. You're not going to get that many handouts. And you just got to keep pushing, you know. That's basically what it's all about. Just keep pushing, keep working, you know. I mean, what's meant, what, what's, what's going to be yours and what's meant to be is going to be, you know. So you just got to keep working. Where are you going after this? Well, ho- hopefully I get a job somewhere. But if not, I'll be back in Texas, Dallas. And uh, I have my degree. So, you know, my dad's a supervisor, so. If any, you know, if push comes to shove, I just go work for him. But I really don't want to. What do you What do you want to do after this? Is maybe what well, I should say. Yeah, what I want to do. Well, I would like to play ball. Yeah. I would like to continue playing. I, I love the game. I haven't lost any love for the game. I, I, I would really like to keep playing somewhere. Do you think there's a, some opportunities? Would it be stateside, overseas? Where are you thinking that you would have the opportunity to do that? Uh, there's opportunities everywhere. I mm-hmm. think so. Uh, well, you know, whoever needs me, I'll be there. You know, give them my all. Tell me about the SoCon tournament this weekend. Who do you want to see? I'm, I'm talking, we've got the quarterfinal versus Chattanooga, right? And right. I'm not marking that down as a W yet, but you kind of owned them over the last however many years. Yeah. Uh, then you've got, it could be Wofford. It's most likely Wofford, most right? Likely Probably going to be Wofford. Yeah, Wofford. Uh, and so then after that, get by the undefeated team of the league. It's either going to be UNCG or Furman. So, Firstly, before we even get to who you want in the final, Wofford. What makes them tough? Wofford can match up with us at every position. Wofford has an answer for everything. Wofford, you can't double the post because they have shooters everywhere. Right. And the shooters are coming off so many screens, you can't help too much as a big 
because the 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 other big would just slip if you're trying to help too much and help the guards and that's an easy dunk and then they got Fletcher McGee and Cameron Jackson, those guys those guys are low. They they're low. They're, they're tough, tough to guard. They're tough, but you took them to overtime at Freedom Hall. So that day it seems like you got kind of a blueprint, right? Because their chances to win that game didn't happen in the end, but nevertheless, I mean, the matchup that matters is the one that's coming up if you beat Chattanooga and they move on to the semis as well. So do you think that there's things from that game, and not asking you to give away any secrets, but things from that game that you can take forward to the semis and have success to come out on top? Yeah, of course, most definitely. Um, if you contain those two guys – McGee and Jackson. Yeah, McGee yeah. and Jackson. If you if you contain those school guys, you can we can win that game. We can win that game most definitely. It's a, it's a, it's a winnable game. They're a beatable team. You know, they're just tough to guard. But if we can contain them two guys and make those other guys, I don't believe those other guys can beat us. Right. Those other guys can't. Right. All right, UNCG or Furman in the final? Who do you want? It doesn't man. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it really matters. I think we can get. I think probably the toughest team is Wofford, honestly. Yeah, right. But UNC and G and uh, Furman, uh, I'd rather play. Uh, it's kind of a toss up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Coin toss. I mean, UNCG you had on the road, right? right. I mean, that, that game was right there. Furman you've already beaten once. And I think the 30 point loss kind of overblown. I mean, that game was tight until the last right. 15 minutes. And then they just went on a ridiculous shooting run that they can't do again. Right. I'm very convinced they can't they do that can't again. Do so, UNCG Furman does not matter. I mean, right. really, to me, the three teams behind Wofford, and we got to give respect to Wofford, right, because right. they ran through the league undefeated. But UNCG Furman and the Bucks. I mean, right there, those three. Three, yeah. Any day. Those three, yeah. Any day it can be any of the three. Right. Uh, appreciate the time, man. Good luck down in uh, Asheville. We'll see you there. Uh, if we don't talk to you again before you're done here, been awesome to talk to you the times that we have. Good luck to you because you're a very good dude, someone that I know we here are rooting for you. Uh, people around Johnson City, the Tri-Cities are rooting for you. Um, and it's just been awesome to have you around. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, Mark. James Harrison, forward for the ETSU men's basketball team. Do not forget, 2.30, the quarterfinal matchup in Asheville against Chattanooga. Then on Sunday, the semifinal, should ETSU get past the Mox yet again? thinking they probably will. Make sure you stick around to Asheville Sunday, and then Monday's the championship should the Bucks be able to upset Wofford. James Harrison on Santos and the Psychic. Back with more on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. 
Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new made-to-crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types. Design with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name. Renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. I got 22 excuses. 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. A red zone defense is like Oprah. Like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. Uh, I got a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up and bow our necks, and we got to get through that. We couldn't do diddly offensively. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hello? You play to win the game. I just hope we can win a game. Well, we didn't block. But we made up for it by not tackling. Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk. Crazy Coach back with us Thursday. Tournament season's about to crank up for college basketball. I don't know what all we're going to talk about today. I'm sure there's plenty to go around. Of course you don't, No, no. Am I really prepared? No. Are you prepared, Jay? Oh, listen to that. Are you prepared? I mean. Surround sound today. Fantastic, Crazy Coach. You got to love it. When when you're on the way and they say, hey, look, hold up. Jay's got to take his jackets to his kids so they can go outside and play. How many guys <laughs> just say, hey, kids, get out, get in the classroom. If you got to go outside, toughen up, you two little guys. I thought you, out of all people, would appreciate <laughs> that. You're, you're from, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, the upper north uh, east, if you will. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, back in your day, 40 degrees, you didn't wear a jacket. We didn't wear jackets. We were in short sleeves and uh, yeah, muscle T-shirts. Come on. Short- <laughs> Muscle tees on crazy, Coach. There it is. Probably back in the day. Back in the day. We all could probably wear them back in the day. 
Well, you could probably wear one now. Two out of three in this I mean, I mean, Mike still it's works a little out. La- it's he a little care. Mike still cares. He's single. He still cares about what he looks like. Yeah. There's not many muscles to fill it out, but I try. We ain't going there, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, first bite. Well, it's the we only go. bite this week. Then we'll get to college basketball. Uh, now, I, my, from my understanding, you did not get a chance to watch the LeBron James videos, did you? No, I didn't watch. That's where, that's where we left Good off research. last week. But Good yeah, research. Yeah, you also, crazy coach, have emulated Jay Sanders on this week's episode. Uh, Kyler Murray at mm. the Combine. This pet. Now, this was requested by, I don't know if you're familiar with Landon Owen of Lando's Land. He requested this yesterday for us to play for you today because Charlie Casserly, who has been doing evaluation around the NFL for quite some time, had some not-so-nice comments about Kyler Murray's interview at the Combine. Well, he better hope Kingsbury takes him number one because this was not good. This was the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback. Really? And I've been doing this a long time. I'm probably doing it long and you're alive anyway. You, you yes, have. That's why I Le- said, leadership. really? Yes, leadership, not good. Okay, study habits, not good. The board work, below not good not good at all in any of those areas see and and raising major concerns about what this guy's going to do now people will say well we're going to compare him to mahomes we're going to run an offense like mahomes we're going to run an offense like baker mayfield well you can and by the way friday tune in up to minute i'll show you the offense you're going to run with this guy it is possible but those guys are much different I mean, those guys, you never question about their ability on the board. You never question their leadership ability, their work habits. They were outstanding in those areas. This guy's not outstanding in those areas. Here's a question I have for you, Crazy Coach. Is there a thing similar to the NFL Combine interview process for college basketball prospects? Yes. Yes, very much the same. You bring them in. It just depends where you're at in the playoff picture, if you have your coach with them. He'll ask him something, throw a you know a little board down, and say, "Hey, we're down two, okay, eight seconds. Here's who you got in the lineup. How do you go with it? Who do you run? What do you run? And pick and roll, you know? Or we're on the defensive end. We're up three. What do we got to do? Yeah, it's the same way. And then you you throw all kind of stuff at him. I mean, one question will come from this guy. Then I'll have to switch to another question, completely different. You know, because you want to see how guys react. Right. And, uh, and you have to understand in different situations, one, two, three, four guys, some of those guys are being taught, being taught, hey, listen, when you go in there, don't give them everything you got. Mm. So you slide down the board a couple notches to the team we want you to go to. Interesting. So you have to be prepared for all that. All these interviews, uh, guys not participating, guys participating in the events. Hey, we're going to do this. We're not going to do that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the combines, while they're similar, I think the NBA is much more agent controlled. Like you'll have guys come to the combine. First day they'll they'll go seven for eight from the three, and all of a sudden the guy's got a – you know, sore knee the next day. And uh, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh-oh, somebody promised him. Then you got to figure out where in the draft, who do you think needs that shooter, hmm. you know, and try to figure out who promised him. Look, if you slide all the way to 20, we're taking you in the first round. So the guy will step out and not work out. So that's what when they said boards, that's what they meant. Like, here's a situation. Here's what we have in the field. What do you do on this play? When they say boards, so essentially it's an extension of the study habits that they were talking about him not doing good at. Right. And, again, I don't know 
football like you know basketball right. but guys will play dumb on certain situations to move themselves down. Well, Kyler Murray better hope he was playing dumb because well, it didn't sound good. I, I yeah. think a lot of people remember John Gruden would, would put somebody on the board and say, hey, if you do this, what's your keys? And he would draw it up and they would do the drawing on the board or what's the most complex play or, you know, they, all the different. And then, and then there's the wonderlick test, whatever the heck that yep. is for the NFL that they always do and study, which is just short, quick answers, seeing mm-hmm. how you react. I'm curious because, you know, college football has the all-star game type things where Senior Bowl, East-West, all that. And so coaches get access there. Portsmouth, I think, is the biggest one in basketball. Do coaches get – do NBA guys get access to those? Because those are usually the tweeners, right? Those aren't the top ten, you know, 12, 15 guys. Normally those are guys that could go in the first – Maybe second, maybe not at all, but they can separate themselves at those things. Yeah, they they you get a chance to sit down with them. Um, most teams, all thirty teams, will have more than four or five, six guys there, and again, you get a chance to sit down and and see how they react. And you you really see how they react in situations where they're not comfortable with other players. So you see really their what their natural game is come out. It's not controlled by coaches. Not controlled by hey. This coach running this play, you're trying to see how guys react. Kyler Murray, not good. Uh, Eric Musselman out in Nevada had a little bit of a blow-up because of the Utah State loss and more so because of what happened post-game. You and me, Crazy Coach, with you in studio this week. We're able to find this clip before. Now, I would play it, but it is just profane throughout. Jordan Caroline, a forward for Nevada, punches through a glass fire extinguisher case, and Sports Illustrated catches it on phone video. It's not great video, but you can still clearly see what happens. And then Musselman and a lot of his assistants are seen coming down the hallway from the court yelling back at security the fans are touching my effing players that's never happened in this league before you're not going to do anything about this you know f this and f that and so Musselman goes off and from what we understand there was some profane language on the court as well perhaps some even racist language uh, is what you said you heard so uh, clearly things not uh, getting a bit out of hand because of that upset of course Nevada top 10 team in the nation Utah State uh, is not uh, needless to say that's really a one-team league so uh Eric Musselman and the fans storming the court, obviously uh, at this time of year, emotions are especially running high. Eric Musselman defending his players for, um, I don't believe Jordan Caroline punching through a fire extinguisher was defended, but certainly for getting upset about being touched by fans coming onto the court. I imagine you would have a similar reaction if that happened to your players. Yeah, I mean, security you know, needs to be in control of those situations. But I think it's really getting to the point where it's out of hand. And I think a lot of it because of social media, right, that everything is just replayed over and over and becomes worse. And, you know, and I always say, um, you know, Utah State, you're trying to be the best team in the league. Act like you've been there. You know, the fans are going crazy coming down the court and, They've had some pretty good players. I mean, Damon Lillard. So they should be used to winning. But coming down on the court is just uh, – it's getting out of hand. And I think, again, the kids coming on the court have taken a whole different – okay, we're running on to the – you know, with our guys. Now they're running on and giving the other team, you know, just running at them. And like, okay, if you're – wait till one time 
Some player's going to react and somebody's going to get knocked out. Then what? I mean, you just – I mean, you try to warn your players to be careful – uh, but coming on the court, I didn't see any of this in the video. You don't see anybody touching any of the players. But it is a mad scramble. And uh, I really, I don't know how to control it. I mean, can we have security there walking your team off the court right away? Um, you I know, that's, think it was a few years back where I think it was North Carolina or Duke was, was going to lose a game. And North Carolina had actually called a timeout with about 15 seconds to go. Put in five – I love this. Put in five walk-ons or five into the bench, guys. The coach, and I think it was North Carolina's, Roy Williams or, walked down with his, like, 18 guys and shook hands with everybody and went ahead and got off the floor. But then in the same token, I'm going, so we just had five sacrificial lambs out here. We're not worried about those guys getting trampled, which I get it. He wants to care. But that's the only time I've seen something that was so – preventative and smart by a coach to say and again they were down a good bit you know the Nevada wasn't it wasn't like Nevada and I don't think coaches think that way anyways and let's be honest it's college we always say we want kids to have fun we want to do whatever running on the field I think is okay but what we're seeing now is people getting a little too brazen with what they're doing to the other team going up and trash talking maybe guys are slapping them on the back you know who knows what else could go on so I there's, there's. I don't know that there's ever going to be a chance to stop it because you're never going to have a number of security guards outnumber fans. Right. Humanly impossible. Right. And what do you do? You put up stanchions. You put up a cage. Is it soccer? You, you a know, cage. in some wow. in some countries where they actually cage in the field, and so you cannot get into the field. I mean, what do you do? Like, there's no way. I don't. You know, and you can find teams all you want to. SEC's been finding people forever. It's just not. It's not going to happen. The emotion of winning these games. I think because it is, you know, hey, we want to storm the floor. And granted, it's way too much storming to begin with. People are, people in SEC are beating SEC teams and storming the field. I mean, unless you're beating Alabama and you're Vanderbilt, come on. I mean, why, why are we storming the field on some of those? I should give Utah State a little bit more credit. That win did overtake Nevada in the Mountain West. But I, be, I don't believe that Utah State's going to be an at-large should they not win that tournament. I think it'll be Nevada and then Utah State is you know, bubble at best. Uh, there are also some reports that some assistant coaches, and I wonder how you would control your staff in this type of situation, said some profane language to Nevada players. Completely unacceptable, correct? Uh, 100%. And, again, you don't know the truth. I mean, right. but – Never, never, ever, ever say anything to another team. I mean, it's just you don't do it. It's not accepted. It's not proper. Uh, it's not. It's classless if to me. If there was an unwritten, yeah. uh, like the baseball unwritten rules, that's an unwritten rule, right? Yeah, right. don't. Yeah, you, you know, stay away from the other. Let the uh, let Utah State's coaches control their players. Utah State assistants, you know, Nevada assistants, control your players. Take care of your business. Have either of you ever been tempted to punch through a fire extinguisher case? No, no, because no, I was I was either. smart enough to know that that was going to hurt me more than it. Cut your hand wide open. Right? Yeah, I, I've never understood. Not going to work well. For never you, understood yeah. that. Crazy, crazy well, coach says maybe once in a while. Well, <laughs> let me tell you this. So we're we're winning, and uh, no, it's coming to halftime, and I come off, and I, it was just like I called something. I'm like, okay, you're dumb. And then I walk out, and there's something there on the ground, and I kick it. And I'm like, oh, dude, that hurts too much. So, when you know, 
luckily, my best friend at the time was a podiatrist, and I called him, hey, dude, I'm coming to your house right now. <laughs> so, but it was on a good play. Right. It wasn't even on a – it was on a good play that I made bad by then saying, okay, we got this right where we want it. And I called something. I was like, why did I stop the play? Mm. We were coming down the court. It was like a three-on-two with like 14 seconds. I'm like, okay, let's get the last – no, take the best shot. You know, we could have been up 14. They, I think we did something, didn't get a shot off, and they threw one in from half court. So you were more upset at yourself. Yeah, it was just like, hey, hey, you knucklehead, why didn't you just let it play? You're always talking about let the players play through. Well, right there I had a chance and screwed it up. Sometimes the self can be the biggest critic. Mm. All right, Coach, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week, buddy. Have a great weekend, and let's uh, hope we're coming back here and uh, have Forbes in here with a double, double large – uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee, which, by the way, he should get us a Dunkin' Donuts sponsorship and celebrating his uh, taking his team to the NCAA tournament. Well, the good news, we do have one. All right, Editor Crazy Coach, four quarters, very special Southern. We're gonna, actually going to let Trey Adams talk, believe it or not. Trey Adams will make an appearance back on the show for the first time in like six weeks. After this timeout on Santa's Sidekick, this is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory-smoked barbecue, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com, member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Brian Guy, what'd you do? Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. One, two, three, four. 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 One, two,
four. Four quarters. Four quarters. Four quarters. Four, 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 four quarters. Well, we're rolling the dice. We're letting it back on the air somehow. Trey Adams back with us. Mike. Welcome back, buddy. Why are you all letting me on the air? <laughs> that is a great question. I wonder if we had – I wish you would have been here when the Sear was here yesterday and we could have asked him, you know, uh, asked if Mike could lift 225. I wonder can – how many times can Trey do the bar? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, I started – a couple years ago I started out lifting the bar and it was it was a tough stretch, but I got there. That a boy. But I'm not that strong. All right, here we go. The first quarter. So first quarter of the Southern Conference Tournament this week. Let's go ahead and get it right out of the way. Who will be the MVP of the tournament? Men's or women's? Both. Both. I, I knew okay. he was going to go both. I, I did know that. Uh, the MVP of the men's will be Bo Hodges. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See what I did there, baby? Yeah. Bo Hodges will be the MVP of the men, and for the women, it's going to be Eric Overton. Go. I completely agree. The second quarter. Quarter number two, will there be any overtime games on either side? Uh, I, I will go one better. I'm going to call on the – well, on the women's side, let me, let me say this. The over-under is probably a half. I'm going – I'm going to say none in the women's and two in the men, and they play more games, so that's that's another reason. I'm going to go two, two over uh, – there will be two different games in overtime in the men. I'm going to say the women will all end in regulation. I think none on the men's side. I'll, I'll do you one better on the women's side. The championship game will go to overtime. Oh, there you go. Third quarter. All right, as far as both teams go, how how many games will the Bucks have a double-double? How many games will the Bucks? All of them. Jerome Rodriguez has a double-double like every game. Yeah. Somehow and, not first team. Well, and, the, and, 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 and it's easy because, you know, ball. not just him, but Milad Narmas had double-doubles. Yeah. Bo Hodges had double-doubles. Um, all of them. Yeah, I'm going to go. However many all. they play, yes. I think all of them. Yes. The fourth quarter. And the question everybody wants to know, will the SoCon be a two-bid league? Yes. Which means I'm saying Wofford will not win it. Right. Yes, uh, I think it will. Will it be a three-bid league? No. <laughs> no I, have loved, I have loved the steam on social media, but the fact that people actually are, I think, legitimately touting the SoCon as a three-bid league. There's there, people out there that listen, are serious it, about this. It, it would really help and if ETSU would have to beat Wofford number one and then ETSU Furman in the title game. And to be a three-bid, you'd have to have ETSU beat Furman in the title game in an epic game on ESPN that just turned the attention to everybody. I mean, like a four-overtime, ridiculous, um, clean punchers back and forth, just body blows, and then finally ETSU hits like a miracle shot in the corner – and maybe uh, to some people thought they stole stole the championship on a on a on a you know a heave or something crazy. Do you think if UNCG well UNCG and Furman can't meet right because they're in the semifinals? Yeah, they can't, yeah, they can't, be. can't and, meet. And, yeah. and honestly, there's just not enough steam with UNCG, and there's not enough steam with ETSU. The only way to get three teams in is Wofford, ETSU, and Furman because again, Greensboro can't can't play and be in there and then get it. Let me ask you this: If the Bucks had beaten Creighton and beaten, was it Georgia, Georgia State or State something? Early. Georgia State early. And instead would be 25-6 and six and would obviously have pretty decent-sized wins over those two programs. Creighton, I, can't, I believe that they're last or second-to-last in the Big East. So I don't think that that's working I, out well. I think, but. I think the one issue is the NET. I think my guess is they would probably still be behind Furman. 
and people just look at the quad one win at at uh, at um, Villanova, uh, right? Fer- they yeah, love it. Yeah. The, and and Furman was ranked. So again, people's minds, committee's minds. I, I just think that's that's where people's heads are at. Creighton has climbed out of the cellar, and quite honestly, you look at the. That's because DePaul's in the cellar. You well, naturally, as okay. usual. Uh, you look at the Big East, and it's incredible how the league is shaken out because you've got. What seven teams, eight teams between eight and eight and six and ten? Yeah, they're only talking about it could be possibly a two bid league. They're, they're just, okay, they're, so they're going. They, there are there are a lot of there's a lot of steam out there now. Georgetown could play, and maybe Xavier could play their way in. But right now, St. John's twenty wins. Well, St. John's was a bubble last I saw as wow. well. So there there are three. There's three or four teams right there in the middle that I keep seeing. St. John's, NET is higher. Uh, I think then Georgetown and Georgetown's higher than Xavier. I think that's how it shakes up. But it seems like there's a lock with Nova and Marquette. And then from there, if there's a third team, it's St. John's. If there's a fourth team, which seems like a stretch right now, that would be Georgetown. But from what I'm seeing, Georgetown could play their way in and St. John's could obviously play their way out. So it's interesting to see that everyone's going the opposite of what I was going to give a pro Bucks take on. That, oh, the Big East is strong from top to bottom. No, no, no. They're saying that everybody sucks aside from the top two teams. That, that's, there is not one team in the league that has a losing record. Everybody has a winning record overall. You, but no one's about it, huh? I mean, I mean my guess Crazy. is if, if you look at the 16 ACC teams, my guess is like 15 of them have winning records because they, they buy a lot of home games. They spend a lot of money to – Beat up on the North Carolina A&Ts and Centrals. And now I can maybe Wake Forest and who would be else? Wake now, Forest is six below. teams have losing records in the ACC. Six. Mm. Look what? at the Big East. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to look at the Big East, though, do you? I don't. You don't want, you don't want to give the Bucks any credit for going and almost beating Creighton. And, you know, if they would have beaten Creighton, put them on the bubble. Now you're not about it. Interesting. <laughs> you're always these blue and gold colors, yeah. man. It comes <laughs> down to it. comes right <laughs> down to it. I mean, would it help? Yes. Absolutely. And because Creighton helps you when you beat them because of all the high-level games that they play. Also in the and su- they played Gonzaga and some other teams. In the Sun Belt, as we mentioned Tuesday, Georgia State is tied for that league lead with Texas State and Georgia Southern. I don't know if it would change everything because those wins, while they are big, are still not a Villanova. I'm still saying still pe- people a- are going to look and go, Furman was ranked, they beat Villanova, they're going to – and the NET, I think, would still be higher. Still beating Villanova gives you more juice and crazy. Sometimes life just isn't fair. You know, when Jay Sandoz comes to you and says, look, the Big East is terrible, and I'm trying to make a pro-buck point, life just is not fair sometimes. Ah. <laughs> I like reality. You don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I wear blue and gold glasses. I thought you did, too. Now we know where your allegiances really lie. <laughs> All right. Uh, tomorrow we'll recap the women's yep. game. We'll talk about the uh, weekend for the Southern Conference. Bold predictions. I've got a – I don't – I'm going to have to say it out loud real quick just in case Mercer loses in the first round before we get there. But I'm predicting both number one seeds will not win the conference tournament. Bold. I, will, I will officially make that – Friday's edition. Buccaneer Sports Network.